Amen. Amen. If you've got your Bibles or your devices, turn to Ephesians. We're going to have a look at that today and um, just see where the Lord takes us. During the week, as um, we were in worship, the Lord uh, dropped a, a scripture into my heart, which uh, I shared as we were actually service lead, when I was service leading at the conference. And um, in Ephesians, uh, the word he, he dropped into my heart was, was from the prayer of Paul in chapter 3, where he talks about uh, a number of things, so the power of God, the love of God, and all those things. And I just um, want to share on that this morning, but also have a look at the other prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians in chapter 1 and sort of just draw out a lot of things out of that and, um, and I'll pray be inspired uh, in that. And I just want to really feel that at the end of today we um, have a time of ministry and uh, just pray for all, all different things from physical healing through to um, whatever you need. Whatever you need, we just know that uh, Holy Spirit is here and um, as I know from reading the words in Ephesians, uh, nothing is impossible. Who believes nothing is impossible to God? Yeah, who's not quite sure? Who thinks there's, thinks there's maybe limitations to what God can do? Well, hopefully after today, that will be blown out of the water. Because for what is impossible for man, all things are possible for God. So let's go to Ephesians uh, chapter 1. And verse 16, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Let's stop right there. The prayer for Paul to the Ephesians was that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come upon them. Wisdom and revelation, so that they may know their Father better. Wisdom and revelation. If you want to know your Father in heaven, it comes by revelation. There is only so much we can learn about reading. And reading about his character and reading about who God is and reading about all the wonderful things he does and is, is great but if all we do is get a head full of knowledge then we're going to miss it we're going to miss the fullness of what God has for us if you want to really know the father in heaven it comes by revelation and Paul here is praying that this revelation would become real in their life and the thing with revelation is that it's almost We've got a hunger for it. You know, revelation can come at any time, at any place. You could be watching a bird fly across the sky and get a revelation of something about the character of God. You could be reading His Word and, you know, it's all happened to us where we're reading a particular scripture, we've read it a hundred times before, but all of a sudden, bang, it means something. Something opens up. That's a revelation. You know, quite often I listen to scripture if I'm driving around or, or, or on my on my phone or something, I listen to it and I and I hear something, and I say, hang on a sec. 
I haven't read that. And I go back to my Bible and read that verse. Oh, yeah, it's been there all along. Who's ever happened? That's happened to them. You know? And, um, and so revelation will come at any time, at any place. But we've got to have a heart that's open for it. We've got to have that expectation of, Lord, I want something fresh today. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today something that will sustain us, fulfill us for today. We don't rely on the meal we had last Friday to sustain us for today, although last Friday it was good and it was, and it was nice and it, and, it, and it hit the spot. But today we want something new and fresh. And, and, and we have to have that expectation and, and gain a revelation because if you truly want to know God, we need that revelation. And I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, he says in verse 18, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given not only in this present age, but in the one to come. That's a long sentence, and there's a lot in there. But let us just pick out a couple of things. Jane spoke about hope in the communion message, and I, and I spoke about faith and hope a couple of weeks ago, and um, I don't really want to touch on that again. But we have been called to it. There is a calling to it. And that not only are we called to know God better, we are called to an expression of that as well. And how does that expression happen? It happens by power. By power. Say power. Okay, now say it with power. 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 Power to live the life God has called us to. See, power is different than authority. Who knows that? Authority is our positional. Authority is positional. Authority is ours from the day we were born again. You're a child of God. You have authority. It's because of who you are. All right? Power, power comes for us to practice. Authority is our position. Power is for our practical purposes. That's a whole sermon in itself. But God gives us that power. My glasses keep slipping here. And um, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he, exert, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So not only is that power in Christ... But the Word also tells us that that same power that raised Christ from the dead is where? Alive in, in us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is at live and at work in us. What an awesome, awesome privilege. An awesome privilege. Who believes the Bible is true? Who believes everything said in the Bible is actual fact? 
If that is our belief, then it is our belief that this same power is at work within us. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later on. And it's not only for the age to come, but for this age as well. Let's go to Ephesians 3 and have a look at the other prayer. So Paul has been praying that their hearts be open to revelation. Why? Because he wants them to know their Father. See, everything outside of that is, is really uh, irrelevant if it's not founded on the knowledge of our Father. It actually can become quite dangerous, in essence, if, if, we, if we go about all these other things and if, apart from knowing God. Because we've got to know God first. That is our number one priority. Our Father in heaven. Our Papa. Our Dad. That is the first calling for every Christian. That is your first priority. It's not to get a head full of knowledge. That is not your priority. It is to know your Father in heaven. Because once we know that, then everything else just flows so much better. And everything else makes so much sense. And then, okay, verse 3. Uh, chapter 3, verse 14. Paul again prays for the Ephesians. He prays for them for a number of different things. And he says in verse 14, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. There it is again. That he may strengthen you with what? Power in your inner being. Why is Paul so, so adamant? that the Ephesians know of the power that is within them. Why is it so important to Paul? Because he knows. He knows that this power is important if we are to be effective as witnesses of Christ. Because in our own strength, we can only do so much. In our own knowledge, we can only do so much. But when there is the Spirit of God fully alive in us and the fullness of His power fully at work in us, man, it's just like a duck taking a water. The power of God. It's not about feeling it. It's not about getting that buzz. Because oftentimes it isn't. It doesn't happen like that. We can't base it on feeling. We can't base it on whether we got goosebumps or not. We've got to base it on faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And even if we don't feel it, we've got to know it. That that power is that full work within us. And sometimes it takes that, that faith to step out and utilize it in our life. The glorious riches. I pray.
pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So he's talking about in chapter 1 of knowing God through what? Through revelation and wisdom. Revelation and wisdom. He's also talking about the fullness of power at work within us. This same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work within us. It wasn't a difficult thing for God to raise Jesus up from the dead. You know that? It's not a difficult thing. The God who created this universe... The power involved in that, spoken by one word, let there be light, there was light. Let there be, and it was so. Let there be, and it was so. Do you know you have that same power, that same creative power? Oftentimes we find ourselves inevitably using it in a negative sense than in a positive sense. When you speak Harsh words, when you speak negative words over our own life or over other people's lives, that's just as creative and just as powerful as speaking the positive and the, and the uplifting and, and the encouraging. Did you know that? That same power. And then he goes on to say, and I pray in verse 17, that you may be rooted and established in love may have power altogether with all the saints to grasp. So now he goes into love. To know with all the saints. Who are the saints? The guys up in heaven? No, it's you guys. You're the saints. Paul didn't start the, the word of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians saying, to the sinner saved by grace in Ephesus. He didn't say that, did he? Because you're not sinners anymore. Amen? You can say that. You're a saint. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You're a saint right now. If you're a sinner saved by grace, then guess what? You're speaking sin into your life all the time. You keep struggling with that. You say, and when you do sin, that's just you're just out of character, that's all. But you are a saint. So together with everyone here, the prayer for Paul today is that you may know, together with all the saints, how to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How wide and how long and how deep is the love of God? My friends, this sort of knowledge doesn't come by here. It comes here. Can I say that again? To fully grasp how high and how long and how wide and how deep 
the Father's love for us does not come through here. It comes here. And it comes by revelation. It surpasses knowledge. See, we can read that God is love. We can read that God so only loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. We can read, love your God and love others. We can read all about love and we can have the head knowledge of love. But there is something that surpasses that when we gain a revelation of Papa's love for us. It's awfully quiet in here. A revelation. If we haven't received that revelation, then we're missing out on fullness. How do you get that revelation? You've just got to be hungry. You've got to ask, Lord, I want a revelation of your love for me. Lord, show me your love. I want to experience your love. Because the fullness of the love of God is not knowledge, it's experiential. It's not theoretical, it's experiential. If we've ever been in a relationship of love, we know it's not just about knowing the other person. There is a sense of emotion, there is a sense of, of, of connection through, through feeling love. Knowing that you love and you are loved. whether it's in relationship with your spouse or whether it's in relationship with your parents, that love has to be experienced, not just known about. And this is what Paul is saying. This is his prayer, that they would grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. There is a connection here. If you want the fullness of God, we need the revelation of his love for us. And now to him. This is how he finishes off. Now to him, that is our Father in heaven, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I believe what the Bible says. I believe without a doubt that whatever is written in here, God actually means. There's no debate in my mind. And so when I read a passage like that, I've got to take it at face value. I've got to take it that it actually means what it says. Many go into mental gymnastics to try and you know, skirt around it. No, it doesn't really mean that, but it means this. Why? 
because they're trying to match up their experience with the Word of God rather than letting the Word of God influence their experiences in God. And so we read that now to Him who is able to do how much more? Immeasurably more. What's that mean? It means you can't measure it. It means it's eternal. It means it's everlasting. It means it's ongoing. It never ends. That much more than we are able to actually think or believe in in ourselves. This is our God. And I encourage you here this morning. This is our God. That He is able to do immeasurably more in our life. He's able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more in the life of those you love. He's able to do immeasurably more in your family, in your workplace. He's able to do immeasurably more in our city of Griffith than we could ever imagine or hope for. I don't know about you, but I've got some pretty big dreams for this church and for this city of Griffith. Who's with me? Or who's just hanging on for the ride? Come on, guys. We've got a dream. Don't let those dreams be squashed because, you know, God didn't do something. Our thinking is, I dreamed once and it didn't come to pass so in the end. Let's forget about it. No. Reignite it. What are you able to think of? What are you able to imagine for your own life? Reignite those dreams. Fan into flame the gift that is in you. Fan it into flame. Stir yourself up. Because God is then able to do immeasurably more than you could ever hope for or imagine or dream of. What's your dream for your family? What's your dream for your future? What's your dream for your children? What's your dream for the youth of this city? What's the dream for your family? What's the dream for your life? God is able to do immeasurably more. Don't give up. Don't throw away those dreams. Just because... You, it didn't work out the way you thought once. Just because things turned out a little bit different than what you'd hoped for when you had dreams as a young person or dreams as you were growing up. Because if it didn't come to pass, then God is actually doing immeasurably more than that. And there's something greater if you would only continue to build up your faith and stir up your faith and continue to not let go. Yes, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes there's so much fog around that we can't even see a foot in front of us. But it's still there. I know it's there. Because God-given dreams are not abandoned. They're just covered over. 
this morning as we finish up. Natalia, if I can have you come up, please. I want us to stir something in our heart. I want us to call on our Father, Papa, Dad. This morning, I want us to have that revelation of the intimacy of what we have been given. The veil has been torn, my friends. There is a connection. I want to encourage you. God has never failed you. God has never failed you. Can I say that again? God has never failed you. Maybe one of those dreams or plans you had, again, have not worked out that how you thought. But God has never failed you. You've got to believe that. Because He is a good, good Father. He is a good, good Father. He is a good, good Father. And when we ask for a fish, He will not give us a stone. When we ask for bread, guess what He gives us? Bread. morning we're just going to spend some time in his presence as we sing this song good good father we could have that first verse up there thanks Micah I want to pray for you firstly I want to pray for you if you need physical healing if you're in pain right now or there is a physical ailment in your body right now I want you to come because I believe God is our healer. Amen. God is our healer. And it is His will that here on earth is the same as up in heaven. And again, my Bible tells me there is no pain in heaven. There is no sickness. There is no disease in heaven. And I want to believe that it is the same here in the King's domain right here. The kingdom of heaven touching earth.